0: Good morning everyone, now Sunday, this coming Sunday is going to be quite a mix of emotions. It's going to be our first Sunday service in St Anne's in over six months. It's going to be great to be back like coming home, but it's also going to feel quite strange. You see it's going to be our first service in church since the building work is finished. Phase one of space to grow is now complete. We've got a beautiful new floor, new chairs, comfy chairs. A new platform at the front with new carpets, a new kitchen and storeroom, new loos and new paint on the walls. There's so much to praise God for, It's so much to celebrate. And it's also going to be our first service since lockdown has been eased. There'll be joy at meeting together again, at being able to see each other. I know I can't wait to see your faces as I lead and preach, because it's a bit weird preaching in front of a computer screen. I'm still not used to it. But of course, Sunday is also going to be a day of sadness. So much has changed over the past six months. We can't meet like we've done in the past. We can't sing together. We can't put on children's groups. We can't shake hands or hug. We can't share communion fully, and we can't meet for tea and coffee after each service. And on top of that, not everyone is able to come or even allowed to come to the service. Many will still be at home shielding and isolating from the pandemic for themselves and for their loved ones. You see, we'd hoped to have a grand reopening of church after this building work, inviting everyone in the area to come and celebrate with us, maybe even getting Bishop Bev to come along too. But it'll be many more months before we can even begin to plan such an event. So Sunday's going to be a mix, bittersweet. Thankfulness for what has been accomplished, but sadness that it's not what we'd hoped for. I guess maybe even relief that we can at least start to meet. Well, we're not the first people to have experienced such a mix of feelings. The book of Ezra mentions such an event. Ezra, that's a book in the Old Testament. In fact, it's in the middle of the Old Testament, just after Kings and Chronicles. But historically, the events of the book of Ezra occur near the end of the Old Testament period, around about 500 BC. You see, the Old Testament is all about God and his people Israel. God had a covenant, an agreement with them. They would be his people. They'd praise, honour and serve him. And he would be their God. He would care and protect them. But sadly, the people of Israel had a tendency to turn away from God, to ignore him, and to worship other gods and idols. God gave him a second chance, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and on and on, but they continued to turn away from him. And then finally, he allowed his people to be conquered and sent into exile. First, the northern kingdom of Israel, and then the southern kingdom of Judah. It looked like it was the end of God's people. But 70 years later, a prophecy in the book of Jeremiah came true. You see, God moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and he allowed God's people to return to the land. And they were allowed to rebuild not only Jerusalem, but also the temple of the Lord. And the books of Ezra and Nehemiah tell us what happened next. I'm going to read from Ezra chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. And it says this, When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Jozadak and his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel and his associates, began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles, with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as freewill offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre, so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa, as authorised by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year, after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jozadak, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from captivity into Jerusalem, began the work. They appointed Levites, twenty years old and older, to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hodaviah, and the sons of Henadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, Joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good, His love endures forever and all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. So as we've heard, the first thing that the people of Israel did was to rebuild the altar. And they did this so that they could offer the daily sacrifices that God required of them. Then they started to rebuild the temple, the place where God met with his covenant people. And after that, they had a praise service. Verse 10 tells us that there were trumpets and cymbals, and verse 11 that there was singing. In fact, it was quite a noisy event. Verse 11 says there was a great shout of praise, something that we sadly won't be able to do on Sunday in case we pass on the virus. But then come the painful words of verse 12. It says, but many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. so on the day the temple foundations were laid, a day of celebration, there was weeping, deep, intense weeping. Verse 13 tells us, no one could distinguish the shouts of joy for the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. What a mix of emotions on that day. The younger ones were excited. The older ones were devastated. It wasn't as good as the old days. And our return from our sixth month exile will no doubt have similarities. We won't be able to hide from the change. Now, some of us will love the change, the excitement of what is new, a bit like getting a new phone or a new computer. It's upgraded, it's better. But others of us hate change. It's difficult. We like what we had. We were used to it. Change is disorientating and confusing. It's not better. It's worse. You see, in Ezra's day, the young were excited. The temple foundation was better because the people were going from no temple to having a temple. Finally, there would be a place where they could meet with God. But for the old, well, the temple foundation was worse. It wasn't as good as the old one. Maybe it wasn't as big or maybe it wasn't as ornate. Over 70 years, things had gone from better to worse. So as we prepare for Sunday, whether you're joining us in person or are continuing to watch online, whether you're celebrating the changes and the chance to meet, or whether you're mourning the past and the limitations that we now face, let's be aware that we will have a mix of emotions after our six month exile. It's going to feel strange. But let's also remember that we don't just go to church for ourselves. When the exiles returned to Jerusalem, their relationship with God was the most important thing. That's why they rebuilt the altar as the first thing they did. You see, they knew that sacrifice was needed to approach a holy God. Then they laid the foundation of the temple so they could meet with God. And of course, they praised and worshiped God for who he is and what he's done. Verse 11, they sang, He is good. His love endures towards Israel forever. Everything was about God. You see, the people didn't praise or worship God to make themselves feel better. That's not why we worship God. We worship God because he is worthy of worship. Whether we're happy or sad, God is still worthy of worship. Sometimes that might be easier than others. Sometimes we might even be weeping as we worship God. But God is still worthy of our worship. But for us, it's even better than for the Israelites. You see, the Israelites, they had to rely on endless sacrifices. That's why they had to rebuild the altar. But we have something better, someone better. We've got Jesus, You see, his death was a once and for all sacrifice for us. He doesn't need to die again. It's complete. That's why we don't have an altar in church. Instead, we've got a a table. We've got somewhere that we remember Jesus's words at the Last Supper, that his sacrifice was for us. And we also don't need to build a temple. We don't need to go to a building to meet with God. Jesus tells us that he dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we still go to church, but we go there to encourage one another as we worship together. So, while our worship is going to continue to be different for a while yet, we can take heart that our Saviour hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. And if we trust in Jesus, well, our relationship with God hasn't changed. Verse 11, God is good. His love towards Israel, his people, endures forever. Isn't that wonderful? Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you know all the changes that we are going to experience on Sunday when we meet or when we watch online. Father, thank you that you already know all of this. And Father, we thank you that we can meet together, that we're allowed to now, We thank you that our building is in a fit state to meet, that the diggers have left, that the floor is laid, that the seats have been delivered, that carpet has been put in, and that the place has been painted as well. Thank you, Father, for our building. Thank you, Father, that we have somewhere that we can meet, that we can encourage one another. But Father, as you know, it is going to be different on Sunday. It's going to feel strange. It's going to feel weird. Not everyone is going to be able to meet and we're all going to have to sit separately from each other. We won't be able to embrace or hug or share tea and coffee after the service. But Father, we pray that as we do take these little steps towards normality, even though normality does feel far off, we pray, Father, that you would continue to encourage us, that you would remind us of our Saviour, We thank you, Father, that Jesus does not change and that you do not change. We thank you, Father, that we don't need an altar because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross 2,000 years ago paid the price for all of us. And instead, that as we meet at some point in the future around your table again, that we can remember that sacrifice for us. So, Father, please help us as we meet together. Please bless us as we do. And please especially bless those who are sad at not yet being able to meet with us. Please keep us, please keep us close to you. And please, Father, help us to grow in our relationship with you during this strange time. And we pray that all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, before I go, just a reminder that if you would like to come to church on Sunday morning, at 9 o'clock, 10.30 or 12 midday that you'll need to book online. That's stannseggbirth.com, com, or you'll need to phone the vicarage and hopefully if you can't access the website because you're a local at least you'll know the vicarage website. But do get in touch with someone else if you're not sure how to do that. As I said earlier we hope to live stream the service on Sunday morning but please bear with us if there are any issues. I'm sure there'll be at least a few teething problems. Um, if we can't put either of the services on live we'll upload a recording to St Anne's website as soon as we can after the services finish, hopefully by early afternoon. Also these Wednesday reflections will continue throughout the summer so do check back next Wednesday morning. Well God bless you and take care. Bye bye.